Good evening, everybody. We are here with our session 147 of Q&A. And thank we you, just Lord. thank you, Lord. We just thank you. Had a good morning awesome. with the pastors. We just thank God. The last pastors conference for this year. And we just thank God for all the pastors who came. And one of the, one of the encouraging <laughs> factors of the conference was late, later when they were eating lunch. We saw one of the notebooks of one of the pastors, and we saw his notebook, how beautifully he takes the notes down, wonderful handwriting, beautifully, everything down systematically, and he's just 82 years old. Hallelujah. It really encourages us to see, like, you know, pastors at that age, they don't sleep, they come, they listen through, they take their notes down, and at 82, the handwriting is so good. Super. Mm. Okay, so we just thank God, just thank God. Okay, the God always gives us a, you know, something to encourage us. Oh, man. You know, awesome, it's so good. So this evening, before we go into the Q&A, and uh, we'll ask the Lord, Father, we just thank you, Lord, we just thank you, thank you for every opportunity, Lord, you give us to witness you. Yes, Lord. <clears throat> For you said, Lord, to encourage, to exhort, to edify your people. Mm. And even this evening, through the answers, I pray, your people will be edified. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. So we commit everyone here, everyone listening, everyone who send the questions, all your children everywhere into thy hands, Lord. Night here, I pray, Father, that I speak peace and joy in every home where your children are gathered and listening. And morning, I pray, Father, they will have a blessed day. Yes, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, Amen. Pastor, we'll start with question number three. Okay. Uh, it's uh, a question on the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's a two-part question, Pastor. I believe Holy Spirit is a person, but I hear from a lot of believers having different opinions. Sometimes I don't understand whether I'm reading the Bible carefully or not. I heard from one of your messages that Holy Spirit is a person. According to John chapter 16, verses 7 and 13, I believe Holy Spirit is a person. Pastor, please give me an insight about the Holy Spirit and also please share Bible verses so that I can be sure and confident to speak other, to other believers when I listen different opinions, and show them those exact verses. Okay. Of course, the most uh, biggest confusion in the Trinity is about the Spirit of God than the Father and the Son. But remember, before Jesus came, Jesus came, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are all spirits. Hmm. No, they were spirits. They were not uh, they did not have a body like ours. The first person of the Trinity to take a body is Jesus. Jesus. That's when he becomes the only begotten son of the Father. Now among the three, he's the one who has a body, and it is his kind of a body we will we will get. So the Father is a spirit. God is a spirit. The Bible says in John 4, God is a spirit. The spirit is also a spirit. Mm. Angels are spirit beings. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the Father is a spirit, the Holy Spirit is a spirit, but they are two distinctive spirits. And like we have said before, when the Bible opens, we have 
in the beginning God. Okay, mm. Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning God. That word God over there in Hebrew is plural. It's not singular. In the beginning God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. And in verse 2, the first person mentioned over there of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit. The earth was without form. Void darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then in verse 3, God said, okay, let there be light, and there was light. We know Jesus was right there in the beginning, because in John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Mm -hmm. And verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. So these three, okay, they are one in essence, one in this absolutely no division, nothing with among them. They are one in essence, but the three distinctive persons. There is the Father, there is the Son, and there is the Holy Spirit. And you see the Holy Spirit throughout the Old Testament too. But he becomes more clear as a person in the New Testament. And we see when Jesus was getting baptized, okay, in Luke chapter 3 and verse 21 onwards. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass, Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice from heaven which said, You are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. Okay, so here, here you have, for our sake, you see the Holy Spirit descending in bodily form and he comes upon Jesus. So you have the Father speaking, the Spirit descending upon the Son, and after that you will see the Spirit. Okay, if you look over there to chapter 4 and verse 1. Chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Okay. Sorry. Now if you go to the gospel according to John, where it becomes okay more clearer as Jesus is starting to expound on the ministry of the Holy Spirit, if you come to John chapter 7, okay? If you come to verse 37 to 39, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in whom would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So there is a distinction between Jesus and the Holy Spirit over there. Mm. Okay, they are not together. Jesus says once he is glorified, the Holy Spirit will be released upon the people. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> then when you go further down to Gospel according to John itself, when you come to God in John chapter 14, now, he's starting to expand even more clear the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Verse 15, 14, 15 onwards. If you love me, keep my commandments. Okay? I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. So the Holy Spirit is another helper. Mm. He's not the same person. It's another helper. That he, not it, 
confusion comes is because when the Holy Spirit comes, you shall receive power. So they have made the Holy Spirit into just power, mm. like as if like it's like electricity or something. But that's not it. it. Is He? He will give you another helper. So I will pray. Who will pray? Jesus will pray. Who will he pray to? The Father. The Father. What will the Father do? He will he give you another mm-hmm. helper. Making it very clear, He's not giving you me. Mm-hmm. Okay, He will give you another helper. That he may abide with you forever. And who is he? He is the spirit of truth. Okay, so the other helper is the spirit of truth. Now, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Mm. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Because he's a spirit, he can be in you. But because he's a person, he'll be with you. Mm will experience him distinctly as a person of the Trinity. Okay, and then if you go to verse 25, okay, and 26, okay, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, verse 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you. He will teach you. See, only a person can teach you. Mm. A power cannot teach you. Yes. Of course, fire can teach you some lessons. Be careful about it. <laughs> okay. The issue, the issue is that the Holy Spirit has many symbols for us to understand the Holy Spirit. He's put across as rain, has dew, has oil, has fire, has breath. All this in the, in the same way you can say, in, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus is not a person, He's just Word. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, and the Holy Spirit is not a person, he's mm. just breath. But you need to realize God is trying to communicate to us in our terms so that we will be able, because it's very difficult to understand God, for a finite person to understand the infinite God. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said. Mm. Now, if you come to chapter 16, okay, chapter 16, and you Look at verse 7. John 16 and verse 7. Or you can go to 15 verse 26 before that. Let's go chronologically about This is Jesus teaching. In that day, John 15 and verse 26. 15, 26. Not 16, 15, 26. When the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. He will, he, it's not a neutral gender, he will testify of me. Okay? And then, the work of the Holy Spirit, if you come further, to verse 7, 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Okay, and when he comes, what will he do? Next verse. When he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. These are all the words. Okay, mm. then verse 12. If you go to verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And you need to understand, only spirits or persons or 
beings that have personalities can speak. When he, only personalities can hear, whatever he hears, he, he will speak. speak. Whatever Jesus heard from the Father, he spoke. So he says, in the same way, the Holy Spirit, in the Trinity, there is submission. The Holy Spirit will not speak on his own. Mm. Like I never spoke on our own. What I heard from the Father, I spoke in the same way. Whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. So you're very clear the Holy Spirit is a person with a personality. Okay. Now, if you go to Matthew 12, if I'm right. Matthew yeah, 12. Yeah, if I have the finger of mm. And verse uh, 31. Yeah. 31, 32. 12, 31. Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men. But blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven to men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. Let me ask you this question. You can blaspheme against only a personality. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Only against a personality. Jesus is saying, if you blaspheme against the Son of Man, if you blaspheme against me, it will be forgiven. But if you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven, even in this age or age to come. Why? Because he is the one who brings conviction. He is the one who is called to lead you. He is the one who is supposed to speak to you. If you blaspheme him, if he stops his work in your life, you are done. Hmm. You are done. Meaning, an, not a single person can come into repentance without the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who does the work of God on earth. When we repent, it's the Holy Spirit's work. When we are convicted, it's the Holy Spirit's work. When we believe, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. When we are led, it is the Holy When we understand something that is being taught, it is the work of the Holy Spirit. So he says, if you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, saying there is nobody like you, I don't believe in you, and you blaspheme, you say that this is of the devil, he says the Holy Spirit will leave. Wow. He will leave. And then what will happen? Why did Saul, King Saul, go down and down and down and finally end with a witch and die of his own hand because the Holy Spirit left, left him. him. The Holy Spirit left him. Once the Holy Spirit left, what came and replaced was an evil spirit. spirit. Okay, So you see the Holy Spirit is a real person. Then now you Whenever you see in the book of Acts the Holy Spirit coming, okay, so that is where all this confusion takes place about the Holy Spirit. Okay, now if you come to the book of Acts and you come to chapter, chapter 5, okay, and verse 3, <coughs> chapter 5, verse 3. Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Hmm. You cannot lie to an entity which does not have a real personality. Real personality. Okay? I can't even lie to my cat or my dog because they don't understand. They don't have real personalities. I can lie to God. I can lie to spirit beings which have personalities. So if Holy Spirit is just an, it's just power, how can you lie to power? 
How can you lie to power? So you need to realize the Holy Spirit is being given uh, what you call the personality of a person. A mm. person. He has a personality. You can lie to him. And then, if you come to verse 9, okay, Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Again, you can only test a person. Okay, you can test a person. This is a person. He said, you tested the Spirit of God. You both agreed. Tested the Spirit of God. And through the, through the, uh, book of Acts, you will see that uh, the confusion happens is because, uh, what happens is the Holy Spirit also is the, what you would say, the power factor. Hmm. Okay, so when the laying of hands, the Holy Spirit is given. So they think it is not a person, but it is a spiritual transference of power. So that does not mean the Holy Spirit is only a, only power. Hmm. The thing is that when the Holy Spirit comes, you receive power. Hmm. You receive power. Yes. When Jesus, the Holy Spirit came upon him, he received power. Okay, that's what Jesus was saying. When the Holy Spirit comes, what will you receive? Power. You will receive power. Now that does not make the Holy Spirit into power alone. Mm. It's the person that gives power. But if you blaspheme against the person, what will happen is the person will leave. And he will not work in your life anymore. I'm not talking about leaving a believer. I mean, don't think in those terms because people always go to the extreme. But if you, if you are a believer, you won't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Okay? But I'm not saying you cannot, you cannot, like in Saul's case and all, Judah's case and all. Um, I don't know whether he received the Holy Spirit in that terms, but the fact is that I'm sure he was convicted by the Holy Spirit many times of what he was doing, but he turned a deaf ear to it. So after that, there was no conviction anymore. There was no conviction anymore. Now, if you go to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians. I'm just giving you off the cuff, okay? Because this is Ephesians chapter four and verse thirty. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now the simple thing is that to grieve, to grieve, it has to be a person. Hmm. Only persons with emotions can grieve. So Holy Spirit, like God the Father, has emotions. The Father grieved. Okay, you hold your place there and if you go to Genesis and chapter 6. Mm. Okay, Genesis chapter 6. Okay, Genesis 6 and verse 6, 6, 6. And the Lord was sorry. Okay, this is NKJV. Yeah, was sorry that he made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. It's okay. Okay. So Actually, so Isaiah 63.10 also has a okay. 63.10 Isaiah. Okay. So here what you see, God is grieving. We see often Jesus grieving. We see the Holy Spirit grieving. So these are persons which has the emotions to grieve, Isaiah 63. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he turned himself against them as an enemy and he fought against them. You need to realize is that, you know, 
the the children of Israel, the first generation, the reason they wandered in the desert and finally God would not allow them to enter in the promised land was that technically speaking, it is not that they grieved the father or the son. It was they grieved his Holy Spirit. Grieved his Holy Spirit. Okay, and that is what happened and he fought against them. They rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Because of the Father is grieved here in Ephesians 4, 20 and 30, we see the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Only persons can be grieved. Mm. Okay, only persons can be grieved. And then... Uh, Hebrews 10. Hebrews... Uh, 10, insult the Spirit of grace. Yeah, um, before that we have Thessalonians. Yeah, yeah. Okay, quench the uh, First Thessalonians... Chapter 5 and uh, 19, 5.19. Do not quench the spirit and silence him. So you can grieve him, you can quench him. You know, you can quench. So you can see, you can test him, you can lie to him, you can blaspheme against him. But this is a person, okay? And then if you come to uh, Hebrews 10, okay, Hebrews 10. And verse 29, Hebrews 10, 29. How much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was, he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? Wow. So he can be insulted. Hmm. Oh. Okay. I can't insult electricity. <laughs> it makes no difference to electricity. Okay, but you can. So look at all these things. This is a person. This is a person. Okay. The confusion comes is because God is a spirit and therefore they think the Holy Spirit, when he comes, you shall receive power. They try to make the Holy Spirit into the power of God. There are people who negate even that Jesus is God. For them, only God is God. And Jesus is not God and the Holy Spirit is not God. He's just power. But that's not the, 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 the doctrine of Trinity is very clearly established in the, in the Old Testament and the New Testament that God exists as three persons, but they are one. Hero God, Hero Israel, the Lord thy God is one. So you have that term when the Bible begins, the plural term, which is Elohim. It's a plural term. God the Father, God the Son, and the God the Holy Spirit. And the three do everything together. Okay, so he is a person, he is a person. But for us it is difficult to understand because, but then if we were to say, you are a person, Richie sitting over there, Richie, you are a person, and who I see is your body. Yes. But I can't see your soul. Mm. But I cannot deny you have a soul. Yes. You have a soul. And the Bible says you have a spirit too. The division of the soul and the spirit. So if you look at you, you are actually a three-part being. You have a spirit, you have a soul, and you have a body. And obviously the soul and the body, both of them here, are not made of matter. I can't touch your soul. I cannot touch your spirit, but I can touch your body. So in that way, if you look at it now, there is Jesus, the person whom you can touch. He has a body. He has a body. And then there is the Father and the Spirit, who are spirits. One day we will be able to see them. Mm. If you are blessed enough, we will be able to see them. Mm. Okay, and perceive them. But uh, 
those are spiritual experiences now these are not physical experiences yeah. unless god chooses to take a physical form like when the angel of the lord appeared they had to take a form which they could see see them and they could eat when jesus ate in abraham's house you could see that so the holy spirit is a person it's a real person a real personality with all these characteristics of the father and the son he can grieve he can insult him you can test him you can lie to him you can grieve him you can quench him you can blaspheme against him oh. and do all these things against mm. him because he's a real person but when it comes to him because he is the one who actually performs the work of salvation from conviction to glorification everything is done by him god says don't blaspheme him mm. don't blaspheme him okay don't blaspheme because if you blaspheme him then there's nobody left to do the work in you okay nobody to do the work in you and if you go to the uh, book of revelation it is through that all those who have ears let them hear what you the know, spirit, spirit says the mm. okay, spirit says so the, the even jesus uh, you will see how god how it's so beautiful if you come to acts chapter 1 through the holy spirit okay you will see how jesus mm. chapter 1 and verse 1 and 2 the former account i made o theophilus of all that jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the holy spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen amen <laughs> okay did you see that no yes. jesus does not do anything outside the holy spirit he does it through the holy spirit now this is important because we have another question coming up because in this you will see this is the new covenant life yes man is not meant to be a living soul is meant to be a quickening spirit, spirit. Mm-hmm. we are called to live our lives through the holy spirit mm-hmm. through the holy spirit if we live our lives through the holy spirit we will not fail we will not fail i'm i'm not saying it is easy but it is to be practiced it is to be lived a little by little by little by little by we grow in how to live and this is Jesus showed us the way he was born of the spirit he was filled with the spirit he came full of the spirit he did everything under the anointing of the holy spirit and after that he has been risen we will see it is the spirit of god who raised him from the dead if you go to romans now chapter 8 romans 8 very important chapter connected with the holy spirit Romans 8 okay got it yeah okay verse 5 onwards verse 5 onwards those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh that's the old man but those who live according to the spirit mm. those who live according to the spirit the spirit speaks to your spirit and you listen you hear you listen and tell your soul and the soul understands and the soul tells the body the body obeys those who live according to the spirit the things of the spirit mm. because the carnal mind is an enmity against god for it is not subject to the law of god nor indeed can be so then those who are in the flesh cannot please god verse 9 but you are not in the flesh but in the spirit if indeed the spirit of god dwells in you if anyone does not have the spirit of christ the spirit of god is the spirit of christ 
is not his. If Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life. life because of righteousness. We need to realize, Jesus said, I have come to give you life, mm. and life in abundance. How do we receive that life? Through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. And when you hear the word, it is the Holy Spirit that translates that word into spirit and into life. If the Holy Spirit is not there, you can have the most anointed preacher, that is Jesus, come and speak to you. You will reject the word. Mm. And if you, if you reject the word or you receive it with the soul, the word that Jesus speaks will not become, become life. life. Yes. Even Nicodemus came in the dark and went in the dark because he's not receiving the word of Jesus in the spirit. Mm. He's not able to understand because the soul cannot understand. That is what the Bible says. We understand by faith. Mm. Faith is a spiritual function. Faith is not a soulish function. You believe in your heart. You believe in your spirit, actually. By faith, we understand the things that are were made by the things that are unseen. Mm. You don't understand it with your soul. The soul will become very scientific like Solomon and go through. That is why the scientific man finds it very difficult to understand. He needs to know the how and the why and the what. But the man in the spirit believes God did it. And then he understands. Yeah, understands. exactly. He understands, okay. So that's how it works. Mm -hmm. So the new covenant man is called to live in a completely different way. Galatians talks about the same thing, okay. If you go to Galatians, again the Holy Spirit comes. Mm -hmm. Galatians chapter 5, okay, and verse 16. So I say, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and they are contrary to one another. So you do not do the things that you wish. God is telling us, this is the way you need to live, like Jesus lived. Okay, how did he live? He through the spirit overcame the flesh. The flesh is not your body. Mm -hmm. The flesh is a spiritual entity that is in your body. It's not a bell. Hmm. Entity. When man sinned, that is what came alive. It's a spiritual entity because uh, and it has its own desires and it has its own lusts. And what fights it is the spirit of God. Okay. So the flesh is against the spirit and the spirit is against your flesh. And God says, through the spirit, put to death the works of the flesh. That is why even the best of best men if he tries to put to death the works of the flesh through the soul, will ultimately fail. You cannot. You cannot. You cannot. You look at the old covenant people and you look at the difference in the new covenant. What makes the difference? The difference is the Holy Spirit. If you look over there, if you go further down mm -hmm. over there in verse 18, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Mm. You are not under the law. The law loses its power over you. Because if the simple thing is that if you will see, uh, what does it mean? One of the fundamental things like we learned today is that if you are actually led by the Spirit, you will always live in love. And love fulfills the law. Mm. We are not under the law. Because either it is law or it is love. Law is for the flesh. To keep law is for the flesh. 
But the spirit doesn't need the law because spirit doesn't even allow the spirit flesh to manifest. And then if you come further down over there in verse 24. Those who belong to Jesus Christ Jesus have crucified the sin, sinful nature with its passions and desires. Why? How? Since we live by the Spirit, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And then the previous verse of God, the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, when you come to, when you have a Spirit-controlled life, Spirit-controlled life, what manifests in your life? The first thing is love. Mm. You hmm. will realize that others will realize you're actually a very loving person. And they will look at you and say, but you were not like that. What happened? What changed you? The answer is you are now allowing the Spirit of God to control you. And the Spirit of God always, if you look at Jesus, one of the first things always mentioned about it is how kind he is, how compassionate passionate is, how gentle he is. Why is he so? The simple reason is a spirit control person. Spirit control is an absolutely control, spirit control person. And the fruit of the spirit, the manifestation of the spirit, there is another side of the spirit, that is the power factor. Mm. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, that is the power factor. This Another side of the Holy Spirit, which is the fruit factor. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithful. All these things are manifestations of the Holy Spirit in a person. Now you say, so does that mean a person in the world cannot be faithful? Not like a person in the Spirit. Oh, exactly. The person in the Spirit exactly. is faithful consistently under oh. the most extreme circumstances because it is the power of the Holy Spirit mm. that keeps him faithful. So Jesus was faithful from the beginning till the end of his life. So there is a... The, see, all this can be manifested also in the soul. But the problem with the soul, love in the soul, is that that love is the love where certain factors have to be met. If those factors are not at the met, the love's kindness becomes unkind. Mm. But when the Holy Spirit comes, the nature of that love is that love is kind and suffers long. Okay. Nowhere in the soulish man in religion will you find a person who actually loves his enemies. Loves his enemies and will die for him. You cannot find it. Okay. At the most he will tolerate or avoid his enemies. <laughs> but to love him, to bless him, to die for him, is not. You will not find a soulish man. Because soul can Imitate all these things. Because when man ate from the t knowledge of good and evil, there is good that has come in the human soul. In that goodness, he can show love, he can show joy, he can show peace, he can show long-suffering, he can show kindness, he can, he can show all these things. Mm. But it is limited. It is limited. So God, Jesus says, if you love only those who love you, what's the big thing? Yeah. That is soulish. Mm -hmm. That is so. He says that I love my children. Big deal. The Hindu loves his children probably more than I do. Muslims love their children. Everybody loves their children. He says, "What's a big deal about it?" Mm. But God says, "Can you love somebody else's children like yours?" I think then that is the love of God. Mm. 
And then you realize, can I? <laughs> and then you realize, you know what? I can't. Mm. That's the truth. First, acknowledge you can't. Two, mm. but I can. This life is lived only through the spirit. Oh. And the difference with the spirit and demonic powers is that you have to willingly surrender every day to the Holy Spirit. He will not push you. This is what people struggle. Every day you begin your day with the Spirit of God and say, Spirit of God, I surrender. Would you help me through this day? I want you to live through me. Help me to be kind. Help me to be kind. And that's when you hear in your spirit, of course, you are a short-tempered, irritable man, and then suddenly something happens and the old nature is coming and you will hear the Holy Spirit say in your spirit, Shh. Mm. Don't say anything. One day, two days, three days, four days, you realize your nature is changing. Who is changing? The Spirit of God that is changing. Don't say anything. See, this is, this is how it works. Boy. You can think evil. But if you don't speak, speak evil and do it out, it just dies. Amen. Amen. But if you meditate upon it, ultimately you will end up speaking on mm. it. Ahithophel was meditating upon mm. it and he meditated upon it. And one day when he got the right condition, it manifested itself. But the Holy Spirit works deep inside and he will convict oh. you. He will convict you. This is the life in which he is calling us to live. <laughs> people, we people misunderstand the new covenant, the life that is. Mm. They are still trying to live like the old covenant man. And the old covenant man is in Romans 7 because he's a good man <laughs> who understands the law but realizes I do not have the power to keep it. He says the things which I want to, want to do, I, I don't, don't do. do it. But the things which I don't want to do, I end up doing it. Wretched man. Who will save me? So the first thing is living under condemnation. And the first thing God says you do what? You are no, not no, under condemnation. No condemnation. For no those condemnation. You are not under condemnation. Okay, That is what we are talking about. God has made a new way. Not only through the blood. Through the body. body. Of the, where does the body of Jesus Christ come? God says, you know the life that your body, you hate this body of yours, which causes us to do the things which you don't want to do. That was punished on the body of Jesus yes. Christ. He condemned our sin in his flesh. Our sin in, was in, condemned in, 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 in his, his flesh. flesh. So you are free. Don't Amen. walk under condemnation. Because if you and if you remember this, mm. this is the fundamental principle. Mm. If you walk under condemnation, mm. you will never overcome. Mm. The first thing God says is that don't walk under condemnation. Condemnation and conviction are two different things. When the Holy Spirit comes, He will condemn. No, He will not condemn. Mm. He will convict. He will. Condemnation is in another age. Mm. Okay, He will convict you. And when you are convicted, you look unto Jesus. And God says, you know, the condemnation is upon him. Who is he that condemns? For God is he who justifies. justifies. How can God justify? Because he says, I condemn your sin mm -hmm. upon his body. Yes. You don't walk. Mm -hmm. Now, learn to live by the Spirit. That's Romans 8. What? Put a Romans 8. What? After the entire chapter of 7 in his struggle, he says, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, now who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. You are now learning to walk according to the Spirit. The Spirit tells you. 
spirit and you obey. Spirit tells you you obey. He gives you the conviction. He gives you the power to obey. But you have to obey. Electricity mm. is there. Mm. But if I don't switch on, mm. it's not going to burn. Mm. But I have, electric power is there. But I have to switch it on. I have to switch it on. Like, I do, I can't love. God says, I have poured it into your heart. Amen. Yes. Through the Holy Spirit. Mm. You are trying to love somebody through your soul. That is the old man. I said, don't do that. You will only love your own. Mm. You have to allow my spirit to love through you. And I have poured it in my spirit. And you have to. It becomes, it is literally like a child learning to walk on the, with the father holding him or her. God mm. teaches us to live by faith step by yes. step through his spirit. Okay, through the spirit. And that's how you live. It's a one day at a time. And the thing is that when the child, the father is teaching the child to ride a bicycle and the child falls, the father doesn't condemn the child. Hmm. Doesn't condemn the child. Realize the child is learning to, to. But when you are 22 years and you have a bike accident after so many incidents, then you will say, you know what? You've been told so many times. Your problem is you are not listening. It's not that you cannot ride, but you're still choosing to go your willful way. This is the speed limit. Richie is staring at me. This is the speed limit. Okay? <laughs> because he has an issue with speed limits. Okay? <laughs> okay. This is the speed limit. Keep to that. Don't overspeed. Drive carefully. Obey the traffic rules. All this the Spirit is giving. But the Spirit is not going to like a demonic entity take over you. Yes. You won't do that. He says, I'll tell you what to do. I'll give you the power to do it. Now you do it. Because God doesn't want robots. Mm. Okay? When you're talking about spirit control, mm. it is like not demonization. Yes. Or demon possession. The Holy Spirit doesn't do stuff like that. Doesn't like that. Even go to second uh, first Corinthians chapter fourteen. Chapter fourteen. The spirit of the chapter fourteen. Okay. Verse thirty one and thirty two. Mm. And thirty three. For you all can prophesy one by another, mm. okay? Mm. And all may learn, all may be encouraged. Now you need to realize when you are prophesying the teaching part or the other prophetic part, okay? When the prophetic part comes, you are not the person who is speaking. It's your voice, it's your personality, but you're hearing in your spirit and you're speaking it out without probably fully understanding, thus says the Lord God of Israel, thus says the Lord. So it is the spirit now in control, speaking through you. But even at that time, the Bible says in verse 32, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. The Holy Spirit is speaking to your spirit. Your spirit is, the soul is receiving and uttering it out. But even at that time, anytime you want, you can stop and sit down because he will not control you. Amen. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. What is he saying? Because suddenly three people in the church in Corinth starts and start prophesying <laughs> together and says, we cannot stop the spirit. God says, sit down. Sit down. <laughs> sit down. Don't bring my spirit into it. Amen, amen. My spirit doesn't do stuff like that because mm. our God is not the author of confusion mm. but of peace. Mm. But you know what? In the demonic realm, they are authors of confusion. In a demonic meeting, 15 people will start prophesying at the same time. Nobody will know in demonic kind of setups. God says, you know what? That's confusion. Mm. That's not my spirit. Because my spirit is a spirit of order. Mm. So he says, let there be order. Let there be order. Because God will not 
overrule your free will. Our free will is limited, what, like what we can do. But he will not say, no, I am going to force you to do this thing. He says, no, I will tell you. Mm. I will empower you. But you have to do it. Amen. You have to do it. It's the Holy Spirit is a person. Even even in the exercising of the gifts, he empowers, but we have to say it. For example, when you are speaking in tongues, he gives us the utterance, but we speak. We speak it out. Always that we... That is the, that the personal. He does mm. not what you call it. He does not overrule, overrule your personality. Yes. And the, the whole confusion with the Holy Spirit is because of the power. Mm. Because of the power. Yes. Because the power factor comes through the Holy Spirit. They want to make the Holy Spirit just as the power of God and not as a person. Mm. But he is the person who endures you with power. Endures you with power. And that is where the confusion comes. So there are there are groups of Christians who do not have the Holy Spirit at all. They have only the Father and the Son. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit is not a third person. He's just a power. And there are people who do not have only only Yahweh. <laughs> Jehovah's Witnesses they are. No Son or the Spirit. <laughs> so all these groups are there. Hmm. But we look into the Word of God, we will understand God exists, has three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you go to the, the end of the book, Revelation 22, you will see the Father, you will see the Son, and you will see the Spirit, and, the and you will see the, the bride. bride. Mm-hmm. You will see the bride. So all this, finally you will have four entities over there. Hallelujah. The Father, the Son, the Spirit, and, and the, the Son's bride. That is the redeemed, church. spotless church. Mm. And the bride, the Spirit, and the bride say, Come. come. Because they have become one. The bride, this is a bride which has become fully spirit controlled. So they speak in one voice. This is a person like Jesus. Okay, Jesus was a person who never spoke outside the spirit. Now the bride of Jesus has become a same person who never speaks outside the, the spirit. spirit. So the spirit and the bride say, okay, okay that's how it is. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, there's another question which is almost, I think you've answered several, several parts of that question, maybe, but we should look into it. This is question number two. It's again two parts. It says, the cross is more than a doctrine. It must, it must be put into practice. Would you say we have to constantly remind ourselves not to be proud? Would you say it is rare to find a pure spirit? We have heard you the past few days about the inner man and the outward man. Please explain. Can we put, put in the inner and the outward man, can we put in the inner and the outward okay, man? Okay, okay. Now, when we are talking about the outward man, one, when you talk about the outward man, it is talking about the body. It's the outward man, which you see. If you go to uh, Corinthians uh, 4.16. 2 Corinthians, Corinthians 4.16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, mm. yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. So there are two people. This is the outward man. The outward man is perishing. Whatever you do, you can see it is perishing. Like you look at me, I'm absolutely tired out. I've <laughs> up from 3.30 in the morning, mm. so I'm tired. Okay, But that's the outward man. Mm. The outward it's 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 it's... It's, you look at the outward man, it is a visible evidence of the wages of sin is death. Yeah. Paul calls it this body, body of, of sin. death. Body of death, yes. A body of sin, mm. the body of death. 
Okay, and all the saints who understood it, they were not so gung-ho about life on earth. They just want to get out of this body and be free. So their soul, their spirit could be free. Mm-hmm. Okay, so outward man is that man. This is an outward man. Now about the inward man is the new born again person. Yes. See, in the new covenant, mm. the old man is given no credence at all. Mm. So don't confuse the outward man is the old man. Here the outward man is this body. But there is this old man. Yes. This old man is never supposed to manifest. Yep. He, ha- you have to, to put, him to death. Mm. put him to death. You have to put him to death. Mm. You put him to death by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Now, how do you put him to death? Is the simple question. That's where cross is used as an instrument. Pick up your cross. Technically speaking, there is no physical cross we carry or anything. The simple thing is that one, it comes from understanding God. That's where the Bible says, if you go to Second Peter 3.18, okay, 3.18, Grow in grace. Now, grace here is the power of God. He's called the spirit of grace. Grace is the power of God. And the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus is the exact representation of the Father to us. God is confirming us to the image of his Son. Why? The image of the Son is the image of the Father. Mm. So we need to understand the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Who is God? What is his nature? What is his character? How does he think? How does he do things? That is basically the entire purpose of the ministry of the word of God. This is who God is. Mm. This is who you were. This is who you have to become. Once you have known it, then you realize the old man doesn't meet anything like that. But the new man is being born in that nature. Mm. That is what the Bible is saying. The inward man is being being renewed. renewed 2 Corinthians 4.16 again. Yeah, Renewed day by day. The inward man. It cannot happen without the teaching of the word of God. But the teaching has to be like, you know, if you you go, if you you go to the book of Ephesians, because it's a beautiful teaching Mm. uh, book, okay? If you Mm. go to the... After talking about the love and the grace and everything about, okay? Okay, if you come. Now, let's come to chapter 4, okay? Verse 20 onwards. Mm. Ephesians 4, 20 on. But you have not so learned what? Christ. See, we are learning Christ. Mm. We are not learning the law. Mm. The old covenant, they learned the law. The new covenant, we don't learn the law. We learn Christ. This is who Christ is. This is what you should be. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Mm. It's very interesting when the Holy Spirit teaches, he teaches Christ. When he comes, he will not speak about himself. He will speak about me. Why should he speak about Christ? Because we are being conformed to the Mm. image of Christ. So it's okay. That you put off. Put off what? Concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt. Mm. The problem with the old man, you have that, see, there there's two interesting things here. You have an outward man who 
who is perishing mm. and old, old man in that outer man who is going more and more corrupt wicked <laughs> exactly <laughs> see the old this is god's wisdom if the outer man was not growing weaker and the old man is becoming more corrupt can you imagine the extent of damage he, he will do? do yes yes why do you think in 10 generation god had to destroy the whole earth because they were not living, growing weak they were living long <laughs> they were living long and they were very strong because this they were giants they were giant these people methuselah and all are living for 969 years mm. <laughs> can you imagine a modern man living for 969 in 9 years the fellow is doing so much mischief <laughs> So God is looking at him and says, "Okay, my spiritual not content with man for more than 120. 120, I'm shortening it. I'm shortening it because the outward man is becoming more and more corrupt. Mm. The old man is becoming more and more mm. corrupt." Then God said, "Okay, this is also too much. Maximum three score and ten days. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. So you will see what is actually what is happening is there is this outward man." and there is this old man the outward man is perishing that is okay mm. if the inward man is being, being renewed. renewed but if the inward man is not being renewed the Oy. old man is getting stronger it's getting what wicked and wicked very very wicked let me give you the example of this the mm. example of this there is this old man mm. and he's got this bitterness and hatred and anger and murder against david bah i thought i thought it doesn't show it at all <laughs> but when his opportunity comes immediately do you know how corrupt that man is bah. do you know what he tells him this is what you need to do put a shami and a tent upon your father's terrace take not one ten of his concubines because he had taken my granddaughter one i will have revenge 10 times take 10 of his wives look at how corrupt old man he is what is he telling a boy hmm. to do to his father and his father's wives hmm. and his wife his wisdom was like the wisdom of god okay hmm. meaning in your soul you can have wisdom hmm. through understanding learning but the outer man the old man can be have wisdom and be extremely corrupt hmm. wicked evil and that's what the bible is talking about you know what you need to do put off put off the old man that conduct from the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust be renewed where in the spirit of, of your, your mind, mind. Hmm. the spirit of the spirit is brought over there the spirit of your mind because we had an another mind but that was not spiritual okay. it was ah. not spiritual the spirit of your mind hmm. verse 24 that you put on what the new man which was created according to god the old man was not according to god he is getting more and more corrupt if you let him but the new man is created accord so this is the new man this is a new man according to in true righteousness 
and holiness. There is a person inside, the born again man, born again by the word of God, born again by the incorruptible seed of God. Into that person is the personality of God. That is where the spirit of God resides. That is the spirit, quickening spirit. Okay, How is he created? He is created according to God. He is not shaped in iniquity. He is not brought forth in sin. He is created according to God. He is shaped in equity. He's brought forth in righteousness. Yes. True righteousness mm. and holiness. Therefore, what is that? Putting away lying. Mm. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. Why? For we are members of one another. God says, you know what? God is truth. So you have to speak the truth. Mm. This is all instruction to the new man. You have been framed, formed in the nature of God now. God is truth. He never lies. Therefore, you should not lie. You should not lie. Next one. Be angry. God gets angry, but he does not sin. So you also need to be angry, but don't sin in your anger. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath and nor give place to the devil. So when it comes to wrath and anger, God says be very careful because that's an open doorway to the devil. Be very, very careful. Open anger, wrath. Don't Leave unresolved anger. anger. Imagine Ahithophel should have gone years back and sat down with him. Your Majesty, I have something to talk. I have to bear my heart. Can I have a one-on-one with you? They would have said, of course, Ahithophel, come. Please be seated. And he said, you know what? I'm upset. I'm really, really upset with what you did with Bethsheba and Uriah. They would have cried and have told him, I did not know you had it in your heart. Ahithophel, forgive me. I have wept before God. God has forgiven me. The anger would have been resolved. I mean, a different story. Different story. Just festering in his heart. Festering. Mm. The same way Saul Mm. was angry. Mm. If he had gone to God and said, Lord, I'm angry. But I realize you will not put me to shame. You have picked David to be the next one. Give me the grace to mentor him and treat him like one of my own sons and let him marry Michal and take over and Jonathan will be. He could have resolved these things, but he did not. He gave the devil a foot. This is why anger. That's why the first question God asked outside the garden is, why are you angry? Yes, yes. Because your anger will cause you to sin. Your anger is unjustified. Why are you angry? Okay, if you do right, so you are angry. Okay, the anger part is right, but I look into your heart, your anger is misdirected. Mm. You should direct your anger correctly by saying, you know what, I goofed up. Mm. Not, he did right. No, I goofed up. I goofed up. I should have, I should have asked my dad, what is the way of God in offering a sacrifice? I should have gone back and fall. I shouldn't have tried my own thing because this is not about me. This is about God. So when it is about God, you need to ask God, what pleases you? Hmm. No? What pleases you? Hmm. No? Okay. It's, 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 it's simple like, no? You invite a guest to your house. Hmm. Then uh, it's good to ask the guest, what do you like? Hmm. Because you don't want to waste all the time and energy cooking something and the, but you have mutton biryani and you have beef fry and chicken legs and everything and the fellow comes vegetarian. I'm vegetarian. <laughs> you feel like an idiot. Okay. And by mistake you had some curd in the, in the fridge and he eats rice and yogurt and goes and you feel like what a waste of time. The simple thing is that it is not what you did was 
wrong. Mm. But you are trying to please yourself. Mm. You made for somebody what you like. <laughs> Not what he likes. Mm. But the question is, who are you cooking for? Mm. Okay? So when you are offering a sacrifice, whom are you sac- sacrificing to? You are sacrificing to two. So this is misdirected anger. Mm. The outward man, you have to understand that man is corrupt. He gets corrupt. At the core of it, he, that's what I said. God is saying, even if your father and mother forsake you, a mother, even if, who loves her suckling baby, even if she abandons you, I will not. Because at the core of it, the most intense of human loves is still selfish. It is mine. It is mine. It is selfish. But God's love is not selfish. It is selfless. God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. We so love our sons and we keep it away from everybody and say it is mine. That is the nature of human love and God is trying to tell us over there. This is the problem with the outward man. The outward man is personally self-oriented. Self-oriented. And when we talk about the flesh, we talk about the sins of the flesh. You see, the biggest problem of the flesh is not the sins of the flesh. The biggest problem of the flesh is self. Yep. Because what is the flesh doing to the self doing with the flesh? It is called self gratification. That is what the Bible says. The Son of Man did not come to be served. He came to serve. So the simple question is, every day when we wake up, it is self-gratification. And God says, who are you trying to please? So we begin by pleasing God. We saw that in the morning. The first thing about a relationship is time. Relationships are all, whoever you are closest to, you will realize these are the people with whom you have spent time and you still spend time in your mind. No. It may be a child. Prodigal son is far away. Why is the father still waiting for him? How many years have you waited for him? Because the fellow doesn't think about you, but you are thinking about him all the time. He is occupying your mind. Hmm. So your time, in your relation, your, when the son comes back, his love and his compassion hasn't changed at all. It has only increased. He just puts his arms around him, hugs him and kisses him. His dirt, nothing matters. Why? Because in your mind, you have given him time. Mm. Relationships are based on time. Mm-hmm. Okay, So that's what God is talking about. So when you wake up in the morning, the new man is not selfish. He is selfless. He gives his time to God. He ministers to God. Mm-hmm. He ministers mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. He's spending his time Amen. with God. Lord, mm. You come first in your my life. Mm. I am. And then he looks around and he says, now who are the rest of the people mm-hmm. in my home? For me personally, that's how my day begins. Mm. First is with God and after that I look, okay, my wife is there, my mother is there, then this other kid is there. Okay, let me start doing things for these kids because they're all children. <laughs> my mother is a child, my wife is a child. They're all, okay, let me think about it. Let me see. What can I do for them before I leave? Mm. What can I do for them before I leave? Or I can start just think about myself hmm. and gratify myself with good things, yes. not necessarily bad, bad things. things yeah. Oh, I am a pastor. Now when I wake up at four in the morning, I spend half an hour and then I will sit and read my Bible. Now I am gratifying myself with the word of God. Hmm. God says, you spend time with me. Hmm. 
praise God. He says, he says, God says, praise God. <laughs> you spend time with me. I said, love you, God. You have loved me. No. I have also <laughs> told you, love your neighbor. Okay? <laughs> love your neighbor. Okay? Right. Love your neighbor. And God says, do that. Okay? So that is how it works. Then when you go to your workplace, again, it's the same story. So through the day, <coughs> if you focus on the other, if you focus on the other, I'm telling you, when you come back home, you will have peace. You will have peace. You know why? Because you have, see, this is what Jesus said in John chapter 7. Out, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, this is a condition for a river flowing. If there is no inflow, there is no outflow. Amen. God says, a lot of people have no inflow. Because they never flow out. They are self-oriented. They're self-oriented. The problem with this, okay, the problem with the self-oriented life is that, you know, it is like the Pharisees. I, 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 I. The problem is you may be self-oriented and be very satisfied, but the people around you will be miserable. People around you will be miserable because you know what? All the other people now live to please you. Hmm. And they please you because they are afraid of you. Oh, boy. Not because they love you. And that's how some houses are run. Angry men, alcoholic men, shouting, screaming. You go into their house, you will know. Everybody's tiptoeing around. Tiptoeing around. Don't ruffle their nerves. Be careful. You know what has happened? Yourself is projected. And everybody's life when you are there is controlled by yourself. Mm. They are all living to please you. Mm. You are living the outward man. Outward man. That's not Jesus. That is not Jesus. The inward man is a different person altogether. So in Ephesians 4, God brings a whole list of don't lie, speak the truth, don't get angry. And you come further down. It's beautiful. The inward man, the new man, and the old man. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, the one I gave. 35. Putting away lying. Be angry. Do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on you. Do not give space to the devil. Yeah, next verse. Okay. Let him who stole steal no longer. But rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good. Why? That he may have something to give him who has need. Now you realize this, no? It is going beyond. First step, work. So that you are not dependent on somebody. Mm. You can eat. But he said, don't stop. That's not the new man. Mm. The new man goes beyond that. He's not just thinking about himself first because he loves his neighbor as he loves himself. So when he wants to eat, he wants his neighbor also to eat. So work so that you can give something. The new man is a giver. Mm. He's not a taker. A man who works only for himself to eat is still a taker. He's not a giver. He's still an old man. He's still an old man. And God says a new man cannot live like that. His nature is of God. God is a giver. God is a giver. Hmm. The new man, you see, there's a complete paradigm shift. Hmm. Paradigm shift hmm. of this new man. Even his work has changed. Hmm. His work, he's not working for himself anymore. Even if he's a bachelor, he's hmm. not working for himself anymore. Let me ask you this question. Is Daniel working for himself? No, no he's working for Israel in Babylon. These are bachelors. 
These are guys who are not, don't have a family, but they are new covenant people living in the old covenant, <laughs> understanding the spirit of what life is, what work is. So the new covenant work ethics is completely different because even in your workplace, you know what you are doing? You are working for somebody else, not just for yourself. Everything changes further down. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. <laughs> what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. See, the new man is not living for himself. He can see great things and feel so good. But God says, it's not about you. It's not about you. <laughs> it's about the other first. You, your words, he says, you know what? If somebody were to say something that encourages you, would you be happy? He says, yes. Right? Yes. So do it. Because you need to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So your words should encourage, edify. Edify. Okay? And then the thing, the new man is very conscious of the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Spirit. Don't grieve the spirit. This is more than your conscience. <laughs> the old man also had a conscience and has a conscience. <laughs> this is more. This is not mm. pricking in your conscience. It's not even your conscience. You can see David's conscience was pricked. The same fellow signed the death sentence of Uriah. What happened to your conscience? It's gone. <laughs> okay. So don't put your trust on your conscience. conscience. It is more than your conscience. Mm. It is the very person of the Holy mm. Spirit who is residing in your heart because he is a spirit. And uh, this is a spiritual realm. He can look there, listen to him. Because your conscience may feel good, mm. but in your spirit you realize that person is upset. They're uncomfortable. Okay, Let me put it in an example. Now we are two people over here, two married people over here. We are feeling good. We both are feeling good. We are fine over there. But we said, probably, we thought, we probably can't even remember, said one word which upset Elsa or Jasad. We go home there with our consciences clear, <laughs> but there is quietness in the house. <laughs> what happened? Nothing. Essence is nothing. But you realize there is something. Mm. But this is not who you are. It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. Your conscience seems to be perfectly fine. But the Holy Spirit is upset. And then you ask Spirit, why are you upset? He said, morning, in the message, at this point, your tone was wrong. Your words were right. Mm. The tone was wrong. Remember, I am the one who is ministering through not you. you. <laughs> not you. Bah. Your tone was wrong. Your tone was wrong. It was not right. Because remember, you are witnessing my son's life. Not your life. You're not called to live your life. That light has been seen for 6,000 years. There has no value before God. You're called to live my son's life. And I'm grieved. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. It's not about your conscience. It's more than your conscience. Because your conscience can be trained in a particular way. You know your conscience can be trained. It can be trained in a particular way. That's what society does. Yeah. It's your conscience. It trains your conscience. Yeah. It, it, it trains your conscience. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at the homosexual community, they have no issues. Mm. 
because the conscience has been trained that it is fine. But they went to go to a spirit-filled church, and when the pastor starts preaching against it, the conviction comes. Mm. Where did the conviction come? It didn't come from your conscience, conscience. because your conscience did not have it. So who convicted you? The spirit. It's called the spirit who convicted mm. you. You realize that you're uncomfortable. You realize there is something wrong over here, and you know it's beyond your conscience. It's the Spirit of God. When the Holy Spirit comes, He convicts. Now forget the Holy Spirit comes. He lives in you. He's a resident, like I said. It's like your wife. Okay? Like your wife. The same word and the tone. You use somebody outside, the person doesn't even figure it. But that same word, the same tone you use at home, the other person is upset. Why? Because she's a resident. <laughs> You can't talk to me like that. You can't talk to me like that. Because we have to live together. Hmm. We have to live together. The other person is gone. He's forgotten and gone. But this person is not going anywhere. Hmm. And until you put it right, there is silence. Hmm. That's what he's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's a person. And there will be silence. And it's got nothing to do with your conscience because your conscience seems to be clear. But the silence is not speaking to your conscience. <laughs> Why are you quiet? Hmm. Is there something wrong? Hmm. Is there something wrong? And he will say, yes, there is something wrong. Something wrong, no? So conscience is there. Paul talks about his conscience and he talks at a place where he talks. Okay, let us go to... First Corinthians 4. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Even if I have any conscience against me, but yes, my soul is not justified. There is another place also. That's what I was thinking about also. Mm. Got it? Which one? Which one are you talking about? That conscience. First Corinthians chapter four verses two, three, four. Two, three, four. First Corinthians chapter four verses two, three, four. Yeah. But with me, it's a small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. Mm. For I know of nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this, but he who judges me is the Lord. <laughs> Did he say is that? He says, my God is bigger than my conscience. <laughs> so my conscience may say not guilty, mm. and the Lord may say guilty. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Mm. Or my conscience may say guilty, and God says you're not, not guilty. guilty. Yeah. Super. He says <laughs> okay. the one who judges me is the Spirit of God. Mm. This is what he's talking about to walk in the Spirit. Mm. You're walking in the Spirit. He is the Lord. He's He's the judge of your thoughts, your intentions. Mm. It goes deep because the Word of God is a living. So how does it become living? It is by the Spirit it becomes living. So when you're talking about a Spirit lived life, a walking in the Spirit. The Bible says, if so, you're walking in the Spirit, live in the Spirit. It's a person. It's a person. Hmm. It's a person. Okay? It's a person. And that's what it's talking about. So if you go through that, no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, all those things, it is the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Okay? See Holy Spirit. And then because you know what? You will say, but nobody is upset. My company likes it. God says, forget your company. <laughs> Talking about your group of people. It's, it's not your company that matters. It's I who matter. I am in you. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, 
evil speaking. Put away from you with all malice. Okay, and be kind to one one. So you will say then. Uh, he says the issue here is the soul. Hmm. If you look at Hebrews ten fourteen, then we will understand. Ten fourteen Hebrews. By one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Okay, So what has happened here was, in the beginning, before I knew God, there was me, my soul, and my body. Musti, no issues. Then one day you are gone again. The Spirit of God comes within you. Now you are spirit. Now you are spirit, soul, and body. Mm. The problem is with the soul. The soul of the old man... The soul of the new man is the same. Mm. That is why the soul is that what has to be saved. It has to be sanctified. Mm. So, when you go back to the portion in Ephesians, where Four. do you have to put it all away from? From your soul. From your soul. From your soul. 31. 31. Put away all manners. Okay. Where is the bitterness? In your soul. It's in my soul. Where is the wrath? It's in my soul. Mm. Where is the anger? In my soul. God has put it all away because I'm sanctifying your mm. soul. But how do I realize it now? Because the Spirit is speaking. Yeah. Who is uncomfortable? Why, why, why was I not uncomfortable earlier? Because there was no Spirit. I was not born again in the spirit. So the soul was comfortable with his muck. But he says, now the spirit is born again. The spirit of God has come to reside in your spirit. And the spirit is telling your soul, we can't live like this together. You need to get rid of all this stuff. I'm cleaning you out. I'm cleaning you out. This is the end of our salvation. What is that? The salvation of our soul. The, sal the, the salvation of ours. End of our faith, mm -hmm. Peter will say. What is the end of our faith? The end of our faith is our soul so is completely saved. Meaning, there is no contradiction between my spirit and my soul. There's no contradiction. One. Mm -hmm. They are in one line. The soul and the spirit. The spirit and the soul are in mm -hmm. one line. The spirit is hearing from God. It is framed in the image of God. It's growing in the ways of God. And the soul is also being changed. Mm -hmm. There is no contradiction. Now the only problem is the oh. contradiction is the body. Mm -hmm. And the body is perishing. So you groan within saying, Lord, there is so much in the spirit and so much in the soul. But I am not able to do mm -hmm. Lord, give me that body. God says, wait. Right. Hmm. That is the end of perfection. You will receive a body in which your soul and your spirit for eternity can magnify God. We will, be, body. <laughs> we will be creators in eternity like God, not in his kind, but we will be doing things which our soul and our spirit wants to do in a body that will not sweat, will never go tired. The capacity will be infinite. Amen. Because Amen. the soul has now been sanctified. That's what he's talking about. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Who is all these lessons for? It is mm. for the soul. Mm. This is not for the new man. Mm. Okay, the soul has to be changed. Mm. The old man was like this. He says, "No, the old man was not kind. The old man was not tender-hearted. The old man was not forgiving." But he says, "You know what? Do it. Why? Because you have a witness inside. God in Christ." Forgive you. That only the new man okay. understands. The old man doesn't understand that. Mm. The new man understands. Yes, 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 yes. Mm. I am a result of the forgiveness of God. Man. Otherwise, I wouldn't be there. I am born again because God forgave me. God says in the same way. 
So there is an entity inside you which is the spirit, the real you, which speaks to the soul. The soul is being cleansed and sanctified and sanctified and sanctified and sanctified. You know what? You have very little contradiction between your spirit and your soul. But where there is contradiction, there will be no peace. That is what the Bible says, peace that passes understanding. understanding yeah. Now let me ask you this question. Paul is lying in prison. His body is chained. He's lying in a dungeon. He's probably hungry. It's probably filthy. It's probably rats all wandering. Why is he at peace? When his body is being abused, why is he at peace? Because there's no contradiction between his spirit and his soul. And it's a peace that passes understanding. Because if you look with your visible eyes at the surroundings in which you are living, you should be restless. Mm. But he's at peace. Because peace is not of the body. Peace is of the soul. Mm. But if the soul has to receive the peace from the spirit, there should be no contradiction. Mm -hmm. He's forgiven everybody. He's not bitter with anybody. He's not angry with the Romans. He's not angry with the Jews. He's not angry with the church that abandoned. He is no angry with them. There's no wrath, no bitterness. He is so much in joy with his God. So you see, there is no contradiction between his spirit and his soul. A lot of people do not have peace in their soul or rest in their soul because there's a contradiction between their spirit and the soul. The spirit is trying to speak. The soul is not receiving it. The soul is still functioning in the old ways and says, no, if the situation were to be changed and things were all to be changed, then I can have rest. God says, that's a contradiction. You are restless. Hmm. So there's a contradiction between your spirit and your soul. So this is where, that's where Jesus says, come to me. I will give you rest for my for your soul. Weariness is for the body. I'm not saying Paul and Silas were not hurting. Of course they were hurting. Their backs were, must have been burning hurt. And the jailer will later he, treat them and all that. So body is hurting. That is a physical thing. These are things which you need to understand. There is something that can happen to your body which does not need to touch your soul. Because the body has the capacity to repair Impressive. itself and become stronger. Mm. You can have a fracture and if it receives, after that, the hands can become stronger than this thing. Yeah. But if somebody hit you with a rod and broke your arm, the arm repairs, but the hurt is in your soul. Mm. There is bitterness. Even rape, the most traumatic experience for a woman, is not in her body. It's in her soul. Mm. But the body repairs itself. Body repairs it itself. But the trauma is in her soul. So we need to understand people over there. Okay, Their trauma is, when it's saying a bruised reed, he will not break a smoking flap. It's talking about the soul. Hmm. It's not the body. It's not the body. Hmm. So when Jesus looks at people, he's not looking at their bodies. Because he could, that person could be six feet, seven inches with a broken soul. You could be six feet three inches, but your father rejected you, your mother rejected you, your soul is gone. What does your body have to do with it? And God looks at them and he looks at them and he had compassion for them because he said they were sheep without a shepherd. What does it mean? Mm. You know what it means, a sheep with a shepherd? Who restores my soul? The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me. To these paths and he restores my soul. These are people with broken souls because there is nobody to lead them to a place of restoration. But if you look at them, they don't look outwardly like that. He's not looking at them outwardly, he's looking at inwardly. This is the soul. So salvation is the salvation of the soul. So there is an outward man and there is an inward man.
inward man. And we need to be able to see the inward man. And the sanctification is of the inward man. That is why. How can the inward man be restored? He can be restored only by truth. The Bible says, speak the truth in love. Mm. Speak the truth in love. Because you take love out of truth and speak it, it hurts the soul even more. Using the truth without love is doing surgery without anesthesia. The surgery may work. But the trauma the patient goes through, the patient is healed, comes back out. Six months later, the person is still going through trauma. What happened? I went through a surgery. I need to heal, I healed. But what happened? The anesthesia didn't work. This is what the Bible is talking about. Speak like we heard in the morning. Everything God does is because God is loving. Mm-hmm. Expression of His love. Yes. And love should be the reason that we pursue the things of God. Why do you pursue? Be holy as I am holy. Didn't He say that in the Old, Old Testament? Mm. Yes. Did anybody become holy? <laughs> no. Why? They couldn't. Why? Because the love of God was not poured into their hearts. But now, why do you want to be holy? Because he is holy. So, I love him. The one I love is holy. So, I want to be like him. That's why Jesus said, if you love me, everything will fall into place. And his commandments are not burdensome. Mm. And not burdensome. Pursue righteousness. Why should I pursue righteousness? Because the one I love is righteous. Mm. One I love. You see, I will tell you, very simple. We were all once bachelors, right? And then we got married. And then the thing is that, the thing with bachelors is that they take their shoes off, they put their socks around. Okay, right? That's how you were after you got married too. One thing about my wife is she wants everything in its place. Everything in its place. So, you take your shoes off, you put your socks in your shoes, and you put your shoes over there. Why? Because the one you love mm. likes it that way. Mm. This is not about you. You cannot have it in any way. And you are comfortable with it also. But the problem is your comfort is another person's <laughs> discomfort. <laughs> another person's <laughs> discomfort. Mm. Are you getting the picture? Mm-hmm. So everything you pursue mm. connected with God is going to happen only if you love Him. Strong. And everything that you do for your neighbor is only because you love Him or her. And like I said, these are fundamental truths. The motivating power, the reason behind it is all. Like I said, God is holy. God is righteous. God is all-powerful. God is all that. It makes no iota of difference to me. <laughs> what makes a difference to me is God is love. Amen. If God is righteous, He finishes me off. If God is holy, He kicks me out. out. If He's almighty, He can destroy me. But because God is love, He gave His only Son. The entire creation mm. is based on one facet of God's character. That mm. is God is love. That's why he created. Now because he's holy, he let, let my creation be holy. Yeah. Because he's righteous, he said, let my creation work in righteousness. But why did he create? Because he is love. Because the nature of love is that love doesn't exist in a vacuum. The father loves the son. 
The Son loves the Spirit. The Spirit loves the Son. The Spirit loves the Father. So where do you receive love first? It's in the Trinity. And they are not satisfied. They want to give. And they say, let us create and give to the angels. Give to all of them. Let's keep on giving. Let's keep on giving. They are not satisfied. Mankind falls. They say, let us redeem them. And that's all. No, let us create a new creation. Eyes have been heard and ears. That's the nature of love. Righteousness doesn't do this. Holiness doesn't do this. You need to understand. Holiness of God doesn't do these things. Righteousness of God doesn't do these things. It is the love of God that does these things. That is why the Bible says love never fails. And God is saying that. They will know you are my disciples by the way you love. And if you look into homes and lives, the thing that fails is love fails. Once love has gone, it's gone. That's it. It's gone. It's a mechanical. You have mechanical homes. It's very sad. They will not live because like the old covenant, we have a covenant, we will not live. What's the point of that covenant? <laughs> it's loveless, good. Loveless covenant. Mm. It's a loveless covenant. Mm. Whole covenant also was the same. They didn't understand it. You shall love the Lord and serve him only. He said that. But the law had to be given because the spirit is not there. Inner restrainer is not there. So they needed an outward restrainer, which was the law. Mm. But now the inner restrainer has come. The outer restrainer goes because love <coughs> is the restrainer. Negative, love does not do evil to its neighbor. Positive, love only seeks to do good to the neighbor. Mm. There are a lot of people who have only half. They won't do evil to the neighbor. Neither will they do good to their neighbor. The Bible says Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit he and about, power, and he, he went, went about, about doing good. Mm. This is the nature of the Holy Spirit. First, mm. there is a restraint; <coughs> you will not do evil, and there is an impelling power of love of the Holy Spirit to do good. Mm. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Mm. What can I do? And that is how the gospel will reach the ends of the world and mm. has reached. What caused people to cross oceans, live their lands, and live their homes, and take the gospel to the one side? What was it? It was the love of God. Old Testament, people are still there. The law of God also is there. And God says to the Pharisees, you will cross the ocean and make him double the slave like you are. There is something that propels other Muslim missionaries are there. There are missionaries in every religion. What do they make? Slaves. There are missionaries who walk in love. What do they make them? Sons. Mm. So that's what Paul is saying. There are people who preach out of envy. Envy is a very... See, these are all motivating powers. Anger is a very motivating. Jealousy is a very motivating. These are all very powerful motivating force. God says, in my kingdom, one motivating force, it is love. So, it is love. So we need to ask ourselves, it is not just what we do. Why am I doing this? Yes. Why am I doing this? And he says, you know what? The entire law of the prophets was about not to do, do, not to do, 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 not do, do, do. But what was it propelling? He says, the entire law and the prophets. Did you understand it? Hang on this to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. It's just a simple thing. It's as simple as that. But we will look at our works. God says, I'm not looking at your works first. I'm looking at your heart first. Mm. Because the heart from which these works came out, it's not kosher. <laughs> it's kosher. That's why God, through the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, through Peter, stopped Ananias. Stop. Act is great. Mm. Sold your land. 
bringing a big chunk of money <laughs> to lay it at the foot of the apostle for the use of the same stop. Problem is not your act. The problem <coughs> is your heart. There is no love there. It is envy, jealousy, it is covetousness. You envy Barnabas. You covet to have a position like yourself. It is envy that propelled a good deed. Mm. It's not acceptable. Sorry. Put it away. Wow. You lied to the Holy Spirit. The Spirit told you before He came, don't do that. Mm. Don't do that. Are you getting the picture? It's not the acts that matter. It's the heart. It's the heart. God is looking from where it is coming. What is That is why the Bible says the word of God is living, going beyond the division of the soul, soul and, and the spirit, spirit, exposing the intents and the thoughts of, of the heart. heart. Of mm. the heart. Mm. And Shakespeare put it best, what can smile and smile and still be a villain. Mm. <laughs> Also, there's a similar question on these. The Bible ones. says, let your love be without hypocrisy. Mm, dissimulation. Mm. Dissimulate. Don't pretend. Mm. Don't pretend. <laughs> Don't pretend. Let it be without hypocrisy. Let it be genuine. Let it be real. Okay, let it be real. Yes. Actually, I think question number one also is on similar lines. Maybe you want to look at that as well. Uh, it says, deep calleth unto deep. Only call from the depths can prove a response from the depths. Only that which springs from the deeps of your own being will have a deep effect on the on the lives of others. Do you agree? We must have a deep relationship with God to be effective in others' lives. See, like I said, hmm. all these old covenant psalms and the rest hmm. are all prophetic. Hmm, yes. When you're talking about it. Uh, but when for them, the deep was not within them. It was outside. Yes, God yes. spoke to them from outside. Hmm. Okay, God appeared, God spoke and all that. But for us, the depth comes from within not of ourselves, comes from the Holy Spirit. Yes. In ourselves, none of us has depth. A depth can be measured to a point. Even mm. the greatest intellectual, you can find his depth can be measured. Mm. Okay. Now, when we stand before Einstein, we'll see Einstein is a genius. But there are other scientific geniuses who can sit with Einstein and discuss. Okay. We will. Uh, we don't even know what he's talking about. Okay. So, so depth. So intellectually, we are not talking about that. We are talking about spiritual. It's mm. the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. Mm. When it says the deep calls under the deep, it's talking about the Holy Spirit, and he wants us to take us deeper into God. Deeper into God. Like a deeper experience. I mean, can God be measured? Like we saw in. Ephesians uh, chapter 3 verse and verse 19. The length, depth. Uh, yeah, we saw the, and uh, that at verse 19 is 19. Uh, 319, if I have 18 or 19. 333. 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, no? 18. Yeah, go to 19. Mm. Okay. Able to, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. <laughs> Think about it. Passes knowledge. The love of God passes knowledge. You cannot. You cannot figure out with your understanding the love of God. Mm. That you may be filled with the fullness of God. Mm. So in Colossians, the Bible says, Jesus, in Jesus was the fullness, fullness of, of God. God. Mm. So let me ask you, how did he manifest the fullness of God? Through the, Through the love that was beyond knowledge. Mm. Mm. He was full of the love of the Father, which is beyond knowledge. Mm. 
Because that's the whole thing. When you look at the cross, you can say, How come? Mm. Who can do this? Who can do this? For a scarcely for a righteous man, one will die. <laughs> for sinners, for a enemies good of God, <laughs> die. Like mm. that. The fullness of God is the fullness of His mm. love was in Jesus Christ. That's what it says. It passes knowledge. Mm. So when you are talking about deep, okay, deep, the depth of, of it, when you are talking about the deep calls unto deep, it's the Spirit of God. Mm. It's the Spirit of God. He calls you. He speaks to you. You need to have that encounter with the, the person of the Holy Spirit. Okay, you go to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2. The earth was without form mm. and void mm. and darkness was on the face of the deep. Mm. That's it. Nothing is there. Mm. There is no form. It is empty and it is dark. Three things. One, there is no form. Mm. Two, there is it is empty. Mm. Void means empty. Mm. And the third, it is darkness. And it was hovering, it's the Spirit of God. And what's the Spirit of God waiting for? The, the Word Father to speak the Word. And when the Word speaks, when Jesus speaks, when the Word comes, you know the first thing, it starts taking form. Mm. The emptiness is filled. And light comes. Okay. That's what happens when the Spirit goes. There is deep inside. It has no form. It is empty. And there is no light. When the spirit starts moving through the word, it starts taking form. Mm. We start understanding God. The depths of our being, we start understanding who the creator. Understanding creation is not a difficult thing. It's scientific. Understanding God is not scientific. That's why the love of God is beyond knowledge. Mm. Creation is scientific. It's based on a certain sets of principles, laws that some God created. There are laws on which this is built on. You can understand how creation is built. That is why man is going and going to Mars and Venus and all. These are all based on scientific principles because that is how it is created by God. But the creator, what scientific principle are? That is why scientists become atheists and deny God because God cannot be understood by knowledge, by scientific principles. Because if God can be understood through scientific principles, then God is a creation. But He's not a creation, He's mm. a creator. Wow. Okay. But when that creator comes in the form of His Holy Spirit and lives within you, do you know what is within you? The depths of God mm. is in you. <laughs> depths of God is within you. And the thing mm. is that all of eternity will be understanding God. Oh, God says, start the journey now. Get to know me. Okay? Get to know me. Because the whole purpose of creation is that we would know God and enjoy Him for the old British Catechism. To know God and enjoy Him forever. That's the whole purpose of creation. That creation would enjoy the Creator. Now think about, think about an evening home. Dinner is ready, the kids are all running around, and the mother is all ready. And what are they waiting for? They're waiting for the father to come home. <laughs> Typical happy home, yes. not grumpy home, happy home. <laughs> okay, when the father comes, you can hear that children, daddy's here, daddy's here, daddy's here, all bit of this thing. And what has happened over here? Come! That is the father. Mm. Prodigal son comes back. What does the father say? Son has come back. Let us celebrate. Okay? What do you think eternity is going to be? 
it will be one we will do all kinds of things but it will be one long Happy. celebration mm-hmm. it will be joy for evermore mm-hmm. that's what because why that's who god is mm-hmm. that's the nature of god's love i said mm-hmm. it's absolutely passionate and full of joy mm-hmm. and god says enjoy me i want you to enjoy me he's not a joy killer he's a joy enhancer mm-hmm. your chiller the rules he has set is to enhance our joy not to kill our joy if if you follow this your joy will increase but the pharisees didn't like it they only looked at the law they're going around trying to kill everybody's joy so they took 10 commandments and made it into 600 commandments okay so we need to understand the depth is the spirit of god and there is part of me the soul of me which hasn't parts our soul has even progressed to understanding god hmm. the soul cannot understand god unless the spirit speaks to it the spirit my spirit the holy spirit does not speak to my soul he speaks to my spirit and the soul is being cleaned first he has to be cleaned out sanctified two works are going on simultaneously one the soul is being sanctified second the soul is being renewed mm. is being new meaning you go to hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38 10 38 okay the just shall live by faith but mm. if anyone draws back my soul read that what my, my soul shall not not my spirit so god has a soul mm mm-hmm. god has a soul You know Jesus when we meet Jesus in heaven he has a body he has a soul and he has a spirit So Jesus has a soul God has a soul So how is he renewing my soul he is first cleaning the old soul and is renewing my soul according to the soul of God Mhm Yeah So that my soul can understand God Yes Go into the depths of what God is right let me put it simply I mean in a way we can understand right we all went to primary school right mm. when we went we learned let us say science math let us go to math math in primary school what did we learn addition subtraction then when we went to middle school then when we went to high school then when we went to higher secondary and i stopped pastor vijay continued if you look into his soul connected with math and you look into my soul connected with math i am somewhere at the surface level shallow waters he has gone into the depths mm. of one subject of billions of areas of god's creation mm. he's gone into the gone yet he hasn't reached the depths mm. there are areas of math he can't even figure out mm. yep. that's what tiny area of god's creation loss math is a part of you're talking about it but there are depths in which your own soul has gone what you learn math in grade 1 and what you learn math in bsc math or msc or this thing is completely different now think about god the creator and the soul's capacity hmm. to be renewed to start understanding and enjoying soul enjoying god okay another simple example for the children who are understanding to a baby you put sugar or honey it is sweet any ice cream you put is 
and the child grows a little it understands flavor butterscotch butterscotch or whatever it is <laughs> then you grow a little teenager you understand more flavors and you want to show off your flavors mm. <laughs> those who have gone abroad into different countries and eaten i'm using ice cream or chocolate to different countries and eaten different ice creams they will say that one is better than this <laughs> what happens their soul has gone to the depths of ice cream even one thing can change mm. your experience we call them connoisseurs <laughs> is music the same you get in their auto there is music patam 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 okay that is also music that fellow enjoys it but you're getting a headache and you say can you put the volume down right but then there is classical music there is bach and mozart but if you who has no depth in your soul for music you listen to bach you'll get a headache you'll get a headache you listen to mozart you get a headache you listen to beethoven you get a headache because your soul is not used to that depth because you never learned swimming mm. so when you went to the swimming pool there was a place reserved for the children you sat there <laughs> and you come back home and i learned to swim the question is <laughs> even your knee did not go into the water because that was meant for the kids <laughs> so you look at in all these areas we are talking about depth is different mm. depth is different okay so when you are talking about god how do we go into the depth of it it is through the spirit mm. the spirit is the agency and even jesus showed us the way the bible says he taught his disciples through the, the spirit. spirit it is the spirit of god he is the person when he comes he's telling his disciples i have many more things to say but you but cannot you can't bear, bear. <laughs> you cannot bear your soul cannot handle it Impossible. you're not born again you cannot handle it you don't have the power of the holy spirit mm. you cannot handle it even for 40 days he didn't teach them much <laughs> if he taught them much it should have been written nothing is written what did he teach for 40 days not we don't know Mm. Why don't we know? It was not to be written. Mm. I'm not sure whether they understood what he taught for forty days. <laughs> But when the spirit came, everything changed, because now the teacher is not outside. The teacher is inside. Oh. Teacher is no longer outside. Mm. The teacher is inside. From inside, the teacher is speaking, and he's not speaking to the soul. He's speaking to the spirit, and is renewing the soul, so the soul can understand what the teacher is saying. and there are no limits to that to the spirit there are no limits soul has to be extended the frontiers of soul extended you see solomon he is the first one to go that route but without the spirit so what did you find meaningless without the spirit you go to the extremities of the soul ultimately you will end up empty you will end up empty that's not the way god said you should he says i want you to explore the frontiers through the soul but by my spirit not without my spirit so that is the most miserable of men why he tried to do something which was to be done only by the spirit mm. just too much for a man to handle and he, it's 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 god's mercy upon him because of god's love for his father yeah. he didn't go mad Where should I been going? Because most geniuses are eccentric; yeah. they go mad. Mm. They cannot handle that without God. Mm. You cannot handle this. God who keeps you sane cannot handle that. You know, so we need to <coughs> understand these things. We are not going into the depths of the soul. We have the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is the depth of God. 
let us let me give you the scripture i think it's first corinthians chapter, chapter two. deep two. things of god yes yes chapter two. the spirit such as the deep things of yes. god chapter 2 mm-hmm. verse uh, 9 and 10 2 9 and 10 or let us go to verse 8 onwards i like that 8 it, let's read from verse 7 sorry mm-hmm. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for if they had known, they could not know. None of the rulers of the, from Satan onwards to every power, every principality, every ruler, every wise man, every sorcerer, nobody could understand the mystery of the cross. Mm -hmm. Because it was hidden. It was a deep mystery of God. Nobody could figure it. If they had figured it, that it was the end of their reign, they would have never crucified Jesus. (laughs) So God hid it from them. They didn't know. You need to understand, if God doesn't reveal something, you will never find it out. That's it. It is impossible for any man, any power, any ruler to know. It's not possible, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for they had known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 9, eyes have been seen, it's written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Why? But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Why? For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. The spirit knows the deep things of God. He finds it. He has to reveal it to you. And then the deep calls on to the deep. Otherwise you will not. You can remain in a shallow Christianity or you can go into, I mean honestly, if you listen, one of my daily listenings is Watchman. Watchman see recordings by, spoken by Sarah on YouTube. It's beautiful to listen to it because sometimes in the morning when you, you can, you can do two things mm. at the same time. You can listen and you can do your chores. So listening to Watchman is into, I mean you look at this man, the depths bah. of his soul, mm. how he has understood God. How did he understand God? 21 years in prison, and mm. then hung. Um, you would think a man in prison, in, in prison in China, what will he know? The depths of God this man has understood. I can't find any modern theologian who has gone to the depths of what this man has understood about God. It is unbelievable what mm. he speaks, how he has understood the depths of God. Where did he understand? In prison. In prison. Oh, no. In prison. That's what they're talking about. The deep things of God. Who reveals? The Holy Spirit reveals. He reveals. Okay. He reveals. And it, it can be intellectual. Mm. I am not saying it is not intellectual. It can be intellectual. Intellectual means it is just for your satisfaction. I'll prove it to you from scripture. Second Corinthians chapter twelve verse three and four. Mm. I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. He's talking about himself, okay? God knows. How he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible things. Which is not lawful for a man to utter. Did you hear that? He heard so many things and he was not allowed to speak it out to any other man. God said, this is just for you. Enjoy. Come to heaven. See stuff. Listen to stuff. Don't say it to anybody. This is just for you because you have come to the depths. You speak it. It is not for people who have not come to your depths. It's just for you. Mm. 
So we don't know what he saw. What John saw was allowed to be spoken. What Daniel saw was allowed to be spoken. What Paul saw was not allowed to be spoken. It was just for him. Because he, you look into him, has gone to, to the depths which no man has gone of God. Because mm. this was his pursuit. I want to know Christ. Mm. He was not interested in anything else. He loved God. He loved man. Caught in these two things. And he said, I want to know Christ. So he's speaking things. He's hearing things and seeing things which is not allowed for a man to utter. He doesn't say, what is it he saw? We don't know. <laughs> what is that John saw? We know. It was written. And we said, we are blessed if you read it and speak it and keep it. What is so, we don't know. It's just for you, <laughs> Paul. So there are depths. Depths in which we will get to know God. We have to get to know God. So, but it is the Holy Spirit. Deep calls unto deep. So we cannot, we cannot live in the shallow. We cannot just respond to our circumstances. Our circumstances are there. There's so much pressure is over there. But the entire purpose of pressure in the saint's life is to go into the depths of God. Purpose of the pressure. He says, I'm going to teach you how under unbelievable pressure you can have peace. Because if your peace is under circumstances that are under control, it is still not really peace. Mm. Unbelievable circumstances. He says, I will show you peace that passes understanding. You will experience God like you have never experienced God. You know, God says, I want, but He says, walk with me. I'll take you there. Hallelujah. Walk with me. I will take you there. You know? Yes, I think we'll close yes, for that Lord. for today. Yes. Yes, so tomorrow. Oh, God willing, we'll meet in church if he dares to come tonight. Every day, right? I think the final words are, at pastor's conference when we showed from first Corinthians <laughs> everybody like looked at it and read <laughs> if any man does not love the Lord Jesus Christ let him be accursed oh Lord come <laughs> what happens if he comes he takes the ones who love him and leaves the rest behind okay. yes Pastor Vijay would you close in prayer Father we just want to thank you Lord Lord, drops of grief cannot repay the depths of love you, the debts of love you, O oh Lord. And this evening, O oh Lord, even as we have heard so many things, O oh Lord, reminding us constantly, Lord, reiterating so many things that we have heard. I pray, Father, Lord, that we would truly be people of depths, that we will not respond in our emotion, not with our reason, but Lord, truly, we will respond in the spirit. To that end, I pray that, Lord, every ministry of the word, O oh Lord, will take us to even more depths. Lord, your word says, O oh Lord, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. But it's the glory of king, kings to search it out. And I pray, Lord, even as, Lord, we understand things from your word, I pray, Father, that our love towards you will become even more stronger. That we will continue to be rooted and grounded in love, O oh Lord. That whatever we do will be an expression of our love for you and our love for our fellow believers, our brothers and sisters in Christ. To that, I pray that you would bless today's meditation, O Lord. Continue, Lord, through your spirit to minister your word to us, even as we depart, O Lord. I pray, Father, Lord, your words will continue to 
minister to us, O Lord, Father. And Lord, it will settle in our souls, O Lord, and become a part of our character. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, once again for this time. God, even as we go back home, and I pray, Father, even as we prepare ourselves for tomorrow, I pray, Lord, that you would grant us a grace, O Lord Jesus, to, to find, to see another day, O Lord. Lord, and prepare ourselves continuously for your coming. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you. We praise you, we worship you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. As a final conclusion, because I suddenly remembered while we were praying that don't get deceived by the other deep thing. The book of Revelation follows the God. There are depths of, of Satan too. Yes, depths of iniquity too. Okay, depths mm. of Satan too. Mm. So in the occult, they go into those depths. Yes, yeah. Don't go in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, there are other depths also. We don't want to go there. <laughs> okay, we want to go to the depths of God. But mm. let him take us. He knows our state. He knows our strength. He knows us. Let him take us. Don't jump into the pool. Amen. Let him take us step by step. Like in the vision in Ezekiel, 1,000, 1,000 ankle then came to a point where you couldn't swim anymore. Let mm. him take you gradually. Let him take you gradually. Yes. God bless you. Amen. Amen.